Welcome to Relationship Matters, a mental health podcast where two relational psychotherapists dive into topics you actually want to hear more about. My name is Jason. And I am Carling. And we're all about improving connections. And enhancing relationships. And today we are going to be talking about connection and desire and relationships. Absolutely. And it is the month of February where this is definitely in our collective consciousness with Mm -hmm. valentine's day approaching of course Mm -hmm. so when thinking about connection and desire uh in romantic relationships specifically because hey it is it is the season of love right now right uh carling what 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 do you see when working with clients uh that are or couples that come to you uh, and start therapy because maybe there's a lack of connection what does that mean and what does that look like yeah, I, it's it's very common for couples to come in for relational therapy or sex therapy when they're just not feeling as connected as maybe they once did. And, uh, you know, often maybe not having as much regular sex with each other mm-hmm. or, you know, lack of um, emotional intimacy as well is a big one I hear. Where it's like I, we don't have those, you know, our hours-long conversations anymore Mm. we kind of get into the routine of things i find especially with with new parents too and even you know parents of of kids are like 10 to 15 that kind of thing where it's like okay we've now are no longer in a partnership but also a family and we have more roles you know in our life more responsibilities so the amount of time and energy to tune into the intimacy of a romantic relationship gets put more near the bottom of the list Mm -hmm. is what I've been seeing with clients. Uh, And so how do we, you know, elevate that as a priority uh, to really connect emotionally and physically? And Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of the couples I work with come to therapy is how do we get there? Is that similar in your experience too? Yeah, no, it's it's very similar because I mean, let's be real. This is such a common thing for a lot of people who are in relationships, right? Where at the very beginning of the relationship is very as we all know, this this honeymoon phase of just absolute, uh, uh, just obsession on the other person, <laughs> which is amazing. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of brain stuff happens there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over time, all of a sudden, we kind of lose touch with that obsessive piece, which I mean, is completely normal and supposed to happen. Right. Uh, but then how is it that couples find a way back to this this connection this the state of being present with one another being uh i mean for lack of a better word again i'll I'll say the same word to be connected to Mm -hmm. invested in the relationship and the other person etc so yeah no it's it's so 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 common for people to to experience this yeah yeah and as you were speaking you know just like how as a couple, do we keep it hot, sexy, and fun too when mm-hmm. we have like aging parents and young kids who need so much from us? You know, the, the term sandwich generation, I see a lot of my clients fit oh, yeah. in that sandwich generation meaning, right? Those res- those responsibilities of caretaking mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. right? And then how we often uh, have to put time and energy into the caretaking role, but that leaves less for our partners, Right. So how do we balance that out? Right. And so how do you work with or, you know, like what kind of conversations do you have with clients maybe when they initially come in about really desiring more connection with each other? How do you what kind of questions might you ask or wonder about? So, no, I think that that's 
that's a good point to uh, a good place to start really for me i i make it a point to work with all clients from the very 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 same place at the very beginning mm -hmm. and that's just to be very explicit or clear rather about the fact that what we need to do from the very beginning is try to foster awareness and try to really recognize what that means and what that looks like right so in thinking of awareness uh and just fostering awareness <laughs> this lovely term mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it, what that means and looks like is look if something's going on we what is going on yeah. we know that you don't like it that's fine but what's the actual thing that is is going on how how is it happening how has it happened what's the intensity at which it is it is currently happening so all of my questions are going to uh usually start around awareness there it's mm -hmm. it's it's trying to foster awareness while in the therapy room together right be it virtually or in person so needing to figure out hang on I, clearly you don't like what's happening but what is currently happening mm. right to then trying to figure out and assess well are we talking about i feel a little bit less emotionally connected to you mm. i feel like we're two different people i feel mm. like i don't matter to you anymore mm. i don't think that uh, uh, you find me attractive anymore yeah. etc to say okay let's let's expose some of these narratives where are these narratives coming from mm -hmm. uh how how are they being supported mm -hmm. and, and so on and so on right just to really figure out what's what's sort of the lay of the land here right because yeah. my my approach to therapies really is uh kind of like a road trip yeah right where the road trip itself is is adventurous mm -hmm. uh it's let's go to a destination mm -hmm. uh in in the road trip you're gonna have maybe like a nice music playlist so that way you can jam along uh as you're driving for hours and the position that the clients take are very much that of the driver yeah and then point. i'm i'm that of the passenger mm -hmm. right where they're the ones driving the car i'm the one sitting in in the, the passenger seat going what's this what's that what's yeah. this over here oh my have you seen this before have you noticed that before there's an exit there oh my gosh there's a thing over there should we go what is this what is that and then it's up to the the driver to decide do we get off the highway right now do yeah. we stay on the highway are we going to this are we going to that uh and really approach it from that that starting mm -hmm. place and and doing that with couples is is where i start to explore those connection questions I love your metaphor for that, right? It's it's clients are in the lead, the Absolutely. couples in the lead, and our role is to just support them in navigating new territory mm -hmm. in their relationship and mm -hmm. helping them to maybe think about things differently or think about new things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and a lot of what you said too is what what stories are we telling ourselves about how our partner thinks of us now? Yeah. I think is huge, right? Or oh, my partner doesn't desire me. You know, I care about my partner more or, you know, maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm into this as much, right? That's come up too. And maybe I, you know, one person's grown one way and the other person's grown a different way. And how do you make sense of that? Yeah. Does that still mean we're compatible enough, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, where's the chemistry? Ah, okay, but are you defining chemistry as that obsession, which we know also is lust at the mm -hmm. beginning that mm -hmm. most of us, well, our brain's the <laughs> cause that absolutely <laughs> right so are we transitioning with our differences in brain and in, in brain whatever it's doing right mm -hmm. to fit with 
developing a really cool couple culture as we move through life together, mm-hmm. right? What I mean by couple culture is, you know, what's okay, what's not okay, and how do we show and express love is, is stuff that, you know, my initial conversations, the first few sessions I'll be having with with clients is what is your couple culture? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. In, in exploring this this idea of a couple culture, which to me, like I, I use that that phrase as do well, you? right? Awesome. This this culture that couples create for themselves or a rule book, right? Of how do we exist relative to the other person? Um, and exploring that uh, relative to this idea of, of connection and disconnection, mm-hmm. what are some things that you see come up as maybe contributing factors to, to disconnection? How do people, let's say you've been together for 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 10 plus years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden just feel like, oh, that spark isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Why might that be? Yeah, I think one of the main um, issues I see is people get stuck in the patterns shared patterns together routines Mm -hmm. right and which also leads to making assumptions about our partner and that sort of storytelling that we do with our within ourselves about how our partner feels right we think we know our partner really well say we've been together for 20 years oh well i know i know how my partner thinks do you though Mm -hmm. right and how often do we get stuck in the almost monotony of the routine and maybe it's the routine we have shared that's not working it's not necessarily whether or not we work if we're a good fit as a partnership but maybe the routine isn't a good fit maybe we've been doing the same thing over and over again daily where's the excitement where's the passion where's the novelty Mm -hmm. right um and and i do think disconnection often happens when there's hmm issues related to communication right instead of checking in with partner we make assumptions about what partner is thinking or likes and not like yeah. right but we also change there is i think a therapist i was maybe it was you jason maybe we want uh <laughs> but a, a therapist and i were talking about how it should almost be like a requirement maybe even legally i was feeling dramatic that day and uh, <laughs> to have people check in with a partner let's say you've been married for you know more than five years, every five years to actually renegotiate what kind of relationship are we in? Mm-hmm. Let's check in with each other. What feels good? What doesn't feel good? What are yeah. we going to throw out the window? What are we going to retain? Mm-hmm. Right? Because how often are we almost taught? We're not really taught to be this intentional with our relationships. And often we just have habits without checking in with each other if this is actually serving us in our life yeah does that make sense yeah that idea of just just go with the flow it just it's gonna just happen it is what it is and Mm -hmm. if it's meant to be it's meant to be oh yes that sounds lovely of course it sounds lovely but there's work involved where this is where jason and i fit We, we support people in doing the work and um but yeah this these ideas of like let's go with the flow we can't deny that we're creatures of habit mm-hmm. another saying here mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. i really believe that jason and i are, are, are trained to notice human patterns within ourselves too of course right and oh my goodness it's so easy to see when you look for it yeah right so going with the flow means okay we're just gonna go with the flow of the habits that we settle in on in mm-hmm. my opinion but tell me from your perspective what do you see is often the cause of disconnection for couples yeah, no, I, I'll agree with you. I, I hear a lot of the this idea of monotony uh, yeah. come up as well. Um, almost like uh, 
having those assumptions and those judgments already being embedded within the culture of the relationship as being part mm. of the the disconnection because yeah. what's going to happen is is when we feel disconnected like let's be real we're not actually wires that we plug <laughs> into an outlet to say like oh crap i'm literally not connected to the right. wall right <laughs> and yet we're able to recognize that within ourselves it just it feels as though there's something weird here between us is it just mm-hmm. me or, or am i on to something yeah right to to then say am, am i crazy or are these mm-hmm. emotions valid mm-hmm. spoiler alert oh they're very valid of we course. just need to understand them so what may uh, contribute to that sense of disconnection uh a, f- a few factors but i think one of the the main ones that comes up again is this this narrative that we might be inviting into our headspace mm-hmm. to then say to notice certain behaviors that our partner hasn't been engaging in uh, and then make sense of that yeah. and the way that we would make sense of that would be oh they don't find me attractive anymore oh right. they're second guessing this relationship mm-hmm. oh they're having an affair oh right. they whatever right there's just, mm-hmm. just it's inviting us into this headspace of my partner i've noticed my partner doing something differently mm-hmm. i kind of don't like it mm-hmm. it's an unknown variable for me so instead of doing the common sense thing and just going up to them and asking them what's up right <laughs> let me just stay silent and make sense of it myself mm-hmm. and this is how i stay silent and make sense of it myself yep because i completely am assuming that i already know the answer to that exactly right Mm-hmm. So one thing I tell the, the couples that I, I work with is uh, we, we go over this idea of, of this point that you're highlighting. We, we definitely touch on that early on, on just how, uh, how assumptive the culture yeah. has been for most couples. And what happens for me, how, how I'll explain this is, okay, so here's, here's what you're describing to me. You've kind of created a false sense of security. Mm. in your relationship here's what that means it's it's a risk that all longer term relationships fall into Mm -hmm. this false sense of security yep feeling quite confident in oneself in saying i completely know who it is that you are Mm -hmm. and i can confidently tell you i know you i know your likes your dislikes your hopes your dreams yep if we just leave that that sort of feeling there as is for a second that sounds beautiful right Mm -hmm. that sounds amazing to say i know a person sounds kind of boring to me but i'm a therapist okay well to (laughs) me that sounds beautiful right just looking at it objectively like wow of course and to say that i fully know who this person is Mm -hmm. wow that's that's so sweet. It's, that, it sounds comforting, I think. There's a lot of comfort. There is. And it. I think it's it, maybe it's part of this idea of, of what hashtag couple goals is, mm. is I fully know who it is that you are, which is why, it, I mean, of course, it's it looks, I'm not going to dive, dive deeper into it, just, uh, just face value. At face value, that looks beautiful. That right. looks like what everyone should be doing. But here's why I say that it is a false sense of security. The minute that you go into that headspace of, of doing the beautiful hashtag couple goal thing, mm-hmm. what happens to your curiosity? Goes out the effing window. It dies. It completely mm-hmm. dies. Mm-hmm. Because, wait, we are very curious beings. Yep. We want to know more, right? Mm-hmm. That the curiosity is a behavior. It needs to be incentivized somehow. 
Yeah. Where's the incentive for me to keep knowing if I already know everything there is to know about you? Exactly. And I think then we make assumptions about our, our partners in that way, right? That false mm-hmm. sense of security. And we respond to them in ways as if it's in alignment with our ideas we have in our head about our partner. So for example, you know, let's say I'm with, with someone and I'm thinking, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't care about me yeah. as much as I care about him. That's my, that's some sort of assumption I'm making because I think I know him so well, yeah. right? And then we have a fight about who cleaned the kitchen. And then I go into total criticism, mm-hmm. right? You never do anything for me. I do everything for you, right? Well, I heard that one before, right? Of Said course. that one before. Of and so we know um, that this is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So shout out to Julian John Gottman. Oh my goodness. One of my favorite parts of their series here is is there are four things that really... Um, come into play in couples interactions where it causes disconnection and Mm -hmm. I think it's really related to what we're talking about here this false sense of security the assumptions we make totally so criticisms one defensiveness so often when someone's coming at us you never do anything well yes I do I did this this and that Mm -hmm. right like defending of self Mm -hmm. right rather than a curious stance of oh help me understand that what do you mean Mm mm-hmm I can see you're hurting right now. Can you tell me more about the pain you're feeling? Yeah. As therapisty as that sound, trust me, it works because yeah. it's curious, not critical or defensive. Right. Right. And the other two are uh, contempt. Ooh, watch out. We know that one is the most harmful is looking at somebody and acting as if you're better than that person. Mm-hmm. Yikes. And stonewalling, emotionally disconnecting, mm-hmm. totally shutting down. Mm-hmm. There's also a face that I've seen it myself. Oh, yeah. Probably done it a few times, of right? Because it's like kind of that freeze response in the fight, flight, freeze mm-hmm. brain mechanisms. And so I think that is something I really see in the couples I work with around disconnection. Yeah. Such a common dynamic. Yeah. So uh, we've been talking about uh, relationships and connection and disconnection, but specifically how uh, we find that uh, in romantic relationships, what often leads to disconnection is this idea of curiosity or particularly lack thereof, Mm -hmm. that essentially silences a lot of couples to uh, unintentionally create this emotional distance with one another. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. So, Carling, I was just wondering, uh, in in thinking about this idea of curiosity, what can some of our our listeners do about about being more curious? What, What does that actually mean and look like specifically? Yeah, I think really checking within yourself is required of, okay, am I, what perhaps assumptions am I making about my partner? Mm-hmm. Really gaining more, I always find the one of the initial stages is gaining more awareness, self-awareness mm-hmm. about how am I participating in my relationship? What am I assuming my partner is seeing? And, and why are they doing these certain things? Yeah. So when we recognize that we're making assumptions, okay, let's put those on the back burner and let's actually, we don't know. I don't know, but I want to know more, right? And having that attitude often requires us to be, uh, you know, grounded, meaning calm enough. Are we feeling any residual um, pain or emotions related to these uh, really stories we're telling ourselves about our partner, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's really, you know, awareness, attending to the emotions, maybe trying to alleviate some of the heat of those emotions if they're heated, right? Anger, sadness, pain. 
and then saying, hey partner, I have so many questions for you from a place of curiosity, if you want to say that, are you okay to chat right now? How are you? So that you actually see if your partner is in a grounded place too. Because yeah. I imagine they might be making assumptions as well about you, right? Of and what's really cool, what I've seen in my own relationships too, and, and those of uh, those of the clients I've worked with around curiosity is when we apply a curious stance with our partners, guess what comes back in return often? curiosity and oh my goodness go figure right Right. how wonderful it is when a person is so present because that's also a requirement of curiosity i'm not sitting here thinking oh what am i going to say next so i win the argument it's not about winning and losing right when we get stuck in that dynamic everyone loses Mm -hmm. (laughs) but more of like the winning is constant with a conversation full of curiosity because People feel connected when someone is genuinely asking questions about us and really working on getting to know us more and more and more, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's really taking individual accountability and recognizing what is blocking me mm-hmm. from being curious towards my partner, right? Because I often think about when we're initially meeting people, what takes the lead? Curiosity. Oh, who's this person? Who, right? And that that sort of energy that comes along with it. Sure, maybe some lust, but also maybe because we're approaching it not from a place of assumption, but a place of not knowing. So why lose that even if we've been with someone for 20 years? Right. That's also discounting the idea that people evolve throughout mm-hmm. their life. By the way, that's a truth. People do. I am so not the person I was five years ago. And you're not going to be the same person in 10 years from now. Yes. And I'm excited for that. But if I'm with someone who doesn't recognize that and isn't consistently checking in and getting to know me and I'm not doing the same for them, yikes. Right. You know, are we actually in an authentic connection Mm -hmm. or are we just kind of going with the flow and how we think we should be? So I'm really getting the sense that this idea of curiosity is is more than just this one thing, mm-hmm. right? So curiosity is really a stance in addition to, to doing things. It's, it's like a filter. Yes. It's how is it that we're understanding the world around us, right? Yes. Um, and just being invited into uh, exploring that a little bit more, right? So mm-hmm. maybe curiosity is, is, as you were putting it, this idea of being self-aware enough to recognize how how deep in my feels am i in this moment whatever they happen (laughs) to be right to then figure out what do i need to do about it in order to move on to step two which step two would then be conversation yeah right because curiosity kills conversation or a lack thereof a lack of uh uh, curiosity is what just does not facilitate conversation at all exactly so it's it's the stance while also the the practical thing of of how do we become more conversational? So mm-hmm. that's really what I'm hearing you say is mm-hmm. in being more curious, we end up needing to become more conversational. Correct. So how is it that do you how, how do you think that people might become more conversational? What What is it that uh, people who may be listening right now who are in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Uh, what what would they do? What should they do to mm-hmm. think of um, let's talk? What, what would be needed there? Yeah, and I just even how you framed it, the let's talk, like, oh, it sounds almost, you know, dark and heavy, right? <laughs> and because I think there's this sort of cultural narrative, like, oh, oh we yeah. got to have a big conversation. This means something's wrong. And 
I think that's that's a challenge and that might be a barrier for many people on actually saying, hey, let's talk, right? Mm. And it doesn't mean hard stuff isn't going to come up, but make sure you're in an emotional place to to be able to be present when hard stuff comes up, but also recognize that positive stuff's going to come up too, mm-hmm. right? And I think um, it really is is required of the identifying in yourself if you have this false sense of security with a partner and also this idea that you don't need to continuously work on the relationship Mm. right and so one of the things that really gets in the way of curiosity i've seen is having so many roles in your life as a as a person so that i spoke about the caregiving role the parenting role the work role whatever else dog mom role is one of mine Mm -hmm. right there's a lot of asks of our energy and time in our life but we are also in control of that, meaning where do we put the time and energy, right? How are we prioritizing which role and when? And do we find that this false sense of security, this, this idea that I just know my person, I don't have to work on it, that might make us leave that at the bottom, right, of, of that priority list. Okay, I don't need to put the same amount of time and energy into it. So curiosity does take energy. Yeah. But I find it really rewarding. I mean, maybe this is why I got into this career, right? Being a therapist is constantly being curious. Of course. Right? Being Making assumptions is not good for us or clients. Right. Right? So I think it is it is integral to really notice where are you putting that time and energy and how can you shift it into having enough to be curious, yeah. right? What are your thoughts about that and how to build curiosity within oneself for mm-hmm. the benefit of the relationship? Yeah, I think I think it's it's kind of going to be two parts, right? I think the first is is being aware that we might not be curious. That like, I'll, I'm always going to bring this back to awareness. I, I always do because it's so important. So maybe just being aware that I'm, I'm not being curious. That's okay. Let's just recognize that that's what's happening. Let's not judge it for a second. Just recognize that that's, that's what's happening. And if we recognize it, let's choose something differently here. Okay. Um, as, as we were talking before, we were talking, uh, and highlighting about, uh, how a lack of curiosity can invite us to hold a more assumptive stance. So we will assume a lot more of, of others, right? How about we just work with what we've got for a second? So let's let's assume a little bit more. And I know that kind of sounds counter to what we've been talking about this entire time to say like, hey, what the hell? We, we were just saying don't assume. So here's what I mean. You're really good at assuming right now. So use it, mm. right? Don't think that you're not going to be, uh, th- that you can't change anything differently. Like if you want to change, by all means, you certainly can. But right now, what might be easier to access behaviorally would be the things that you already do. So keep assuming. But this time, assume something of yourself instead of assuming something of your partner. Ooh, tell me more about that. <laughs> so the the assume more about yourself. Instead of assuming that your partner is coming from uh, a, a bad place or assuming that your partner is uh, whatever it is that you might be assuming about your partner, assume that you have royally screwed up for your partner. Oh. Assume that. Assume that you, you've let them down because you know what? You probably have. You're a person, you're a human being, as much as they are, you certainly know when your partner really Mm -hmm. screws up for you. 
maybe we don't talk about it because I'm assuming that they'll get really upset or I'm assuming that this might mm -hmm. like lead to the end of us or I'm assuming, I'm assuming, I'm assuming. In this case, assume the, the, the other way around. Assume that you have royally screwed up for your partner and use that as an opportunity to create a ritual of connection with your partner. We're talking about changing the culture in the relationship. Hey, here's an intentional way to try to change that culture. When is it that you actually check in on one another to see how things are, are going? How are we doing? So maybe a thing that you can adopt right now. So if you're listening, this could be a homework piece for you. <laughs> Heck yeah, I love a therapist homework. Right? So uh, something that you could easily do is perhaps uh, the time frequency is going to be up to you. And I actually get a lot of couples to do this um, is be it uh, on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever. I would suggest that you start a little bit more frequently at the beginning and then make it less frequent as it becomes more familiar. And maybe the bigger end goal is that you turn this into a once a year type of thing. And if it gets to the once a year type of thing, you tie in the once a year uh, to something meaningful. Let me be less vague and more specific. Awesome. So the, the thing that I would invite couples into doing is check in on one another. The ritual is to have a relational check-in on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever interval, right? Once you build up to checking in on your relationship once a year, maybe the checking in on us could also coincide with the anniversary of us. So that way, kind of to your point uh, earlier on, Carling, of on the anniversary of us, give me a performance evaluation. <laughs> I love Basically, that. How, how have I been over this last year as your partner? What are the goods? Also, what are the bads? Yeah. And what, what should I keep doing? What should I change? What is it that, what's our intention going into this next year of us? That sounds really curious right so the once a week uh check-in would then be at the very beginning like i said assume the worst assume that you've screwed up for your partner so on a, a weekly basis at the beginning you set the the time and space it's honestly not going to take you that long so this whole idea of i don't have enough time is complete bs by the way so if you're already listening to this and saying that to your head that oh i don't have the time to do that too I, I call bullshit on that. Me too. Make the damn time. Yeah. If it's important to you, you're going to do it because the things that you're already doing, uh, you have the time to do because that's important to you. Right? Totally. And that, that speaks to putting it as a priority of your time and energy that Absolutely. we're just talking about. Yeah. So on a weekly basis, check in and ask each other the same question. The question will stay the same. Uh, you'll only change the, the frequency. So if you're doing this once a week, you'll ask this week. If you're doing it once a month, you'll ask this month. So the question is, let's assume that we're doing this once a week because it's the beginning. In what ways this week did I make you feel disrespected, unappreciated, or unloved? Mm, I love that. Go Sorry. Yeah, I just, the reason I love that is because it's, it's, I am taking individual accountability, mm -hmm. right? Not the check-in is, this is how you made me feel disrespected and unloved. But more so, hey, can you tell me about when I had, when I didn't know I was doing that, right? Because you're assuming that you did. At some point, 
you screwed up. You made the other person feel disrespected, unappreciated, or unloved. You're assuming the worst. So you know what? You're already assuming to begin with. Make it work for you. Totally. Right? So you're, you're creating an opportunity on purpose in your relationship to air some things out so it doesn't stay bottled in and then it becomes a pile of messiness that then doesn't get attended to until the tiniest of inconveniences becomes the biggest fight that we've ever had. Because not only am I talking about this tiny thing that just happened, but also do you remember two weeks ago when you said this thing? And remember that last month when you said this other thing? And then 20 years ago, you also did something similar. I mean, if you want to do that, go for it. However, the couples that I see in, in the office are there and they don't like it. They want to move away from it. Right? So let's create the space to heal. And some of that would be, how is it that we can create opportunities for honest conversation, curious conversation, accountable conversations that can easily highlight the things that I need to work on for myself for a better us? Mm. I really love that. And you're also speaking to the point of focusing on a positive couple culture as well. Mm right and so taking individual accountability making the assumption hey maybe i've been kind of shitty for my partner in ways maybe i don't know right um is is incredible and perhaps even essential for a positive couple culture and what we know and share a lot with our clients is you want to have this five to one ratio five positives which could be maybe making coffee for your partner saying how beautiful how hot how amazing your partner is Mm -hmm. right giving them a long hug to one negative like hey can you do the dishes right Mm -hmm. and uh and you know there's this other um you know by chapman who this this model i really appreciate called love languages that there are different ways in which we express love and receive love our preference you know for mine I love um, physical intimacy and words of affirmation. Ooh, I love to be complimented. Mm-hmm. Other people, that doesn't mean anything, right? So there's other ones called like acts of service, you know, maybe that making that coffee or doing the dishes, right? Mm-hmm. Gifts. Oh, you got me flowers. How lovely. Quality time is also wonderful too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what is saying? You know, those words of affirmation and uh, physical intimacy, like cuddling or sex. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, is really cool. You can check that out with the old Google, right? Love languages. There's cool quizzes to help you understand your own love language. Mm -hmm. But actually figuring out your partners, too, Mm -hmm. because you might be I've been expressing love to you all week, but your partners know where you are. Right. And vice versa. So I think it's it's a really cool model to help you build that positive couple culture, too. Totally. Totally. So to to the love languages piece, um, if anyone's ever curious, uh, the not that you have to go get this book, but if you want to, by all means, go for it. So Gary Chapman is the the author, and you can get uh, his book, uh, Love Languages, the Five Love Languages. Um, uh, if you just want to read up on it, I mean, like Carly, like you said, Google is going to be a good oh, resource. Yeah. <laughs> so the interesting thing is that he has his own. Uh, website where on his website you can do a self-assessment to figure out what are your top uh, love languages Uh, but also he has an app Mm 
So the interesting piece is that with the app, the app itself is free. It's called Love Nudge, N-U-D-G-E. And Love Nudge, I often refer to it as uh, homework for some couples as well. So what it'll invite you to do is you set up your profile. And once you've set up your profile, one of the questions it'll ask you is, are you in a relationship? And it'll say yes. And once you say yes, it'll give you a code. Your partner then does the same thing. They download the app. Uh, they'll set up their profile. Are you in a relationship? Yes. Did you get a code? Yes. Mm -hmm. They'll type in the code. So that's going to link both of your profiles together. So the first thing you'll do is you'll go through the self-assessment of, of what is your love language to figure out uh, what's your most dominant love language. So in what ways will you really know that uh, you are being loved and cared for by someone else just as much as in what ways do you let others really know that you love and care about them if it's if it's physical touch the minute that your partner is is all over you just for simplicity's sake <laughs> that's when you know that they love you and that's how you let others know that you love and care about them you're you're touchy you're feely you're grabby you're pinchy you're huggy you're this you're that so that's that's really what all that is so with all of that, uh, you have the app, you have the self-assessment, you can see each other's results, and then you can figure out, how can I care for you a little bit more? How can I be a little bit more curious? Maybe after our weekly check-in of how have I let you down, this is probably how I can make up for it, to say, here's somewhere that's more specifically tailored to you that I could set up uh, as a goal for myself for this week. So I'm gonna speak your love language of X, whatever that is, uh, twice or three times or four times this week uh, at random or scheduled or whatever the possibilities are endless but ultimately it's entirely up to you mm. well said and i think a lot of this requires time to be carved out in in a couple schedule yeah. to have these really essential conversations and i often like to call it daytime in the pandemic that's interesting right yeah. and and definitely with valentine's day approaching i'm sure a number of couples relationships triads right are like what do we do what are mm -hmm. you know what is this supposed to look like and um we're just thinking how you know today's podcast has really discussed the framework of how to design right mm -hmm. uh dates yeah. you know using curiosity hey partner what would feel really connecting for you, mm -hmm. right? How do we want to carve the time mm -hmm. for this beautiful daytime together? What should we do? What should we not do, right? And and Jason, I'm wondering, uh, you know, based based on your perspective, do you have any like suggestions or, or things to think about in terms of maybe the approaching Valentine's Day or just you know life in general? Yeah. What uh, relationship should be considering for yeah. time like date times yeah so uh other than thinking about our main takeaways of today right which is uh recognizing where our curiosity levels are at mm -hmm. uh and finding ways to amplify the curiosity which in other words just means how can we amplify conversations yeah. and create those spaces for that uh there's tons of resources we've kind of already talked about a few uh the uh, weekly check-in as as one to again the question being in what ways this week have i made you feel disrespected unappreciated or unloved mm -hmm. uh which side note you always ask that question every single week it never changes and the answer at some point might actually be no you haven't made mm -hmm. me feel this way so the conversation doesn't stop there if that's the answer the conversation then becomes oh i didn't 
please tell me how I did not. So I, I made you feel respected. I made you feel loved and I made you feel appreciated. How the hell did I do that so I can do it again? That's a really good point, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're always having the conversation. There's always something to be said. So long as you're curious and you're paying attention to what's actually being shared with you. The, the other resource that we'll talk about now for dates is that there's a phenomenal book that's out there that's available. Um, it's called Eight Dates. Uh, eight is spelled out, so E-I-G-H-T, Dates, D-A-T-E-S, by uh, Drs. John and Julie Gottman. So they've actually curated eight separate individual dates for couples to go on. Uh, the, let me just grab the book here for a second. But uh, the, the tagline for the book is Essential Conversations for a Lifetime of Love. So there are eight separate dates uh, that have eight different themes associated to them, which if you don't know much about the Gottmans, the short little bio is that they're relationship researchers, uh, as they would be self-described. They're couples therapists. Uh, but uh, they've spent over 40 years researching what makes couples work, and they're still actively researching and engaging in longitudinal studies. It's very sciencey. And they're married, right? And they're married. Hashtag couple goals. <laughs> Hashtag couple goals. So uh, yeah, no, their eight dates are separated on different themes. So just to briefly go over them, uh, themes like trust and commitment, addressing conflict, sex and intimacy, work and money, family, fun and adventure, growth and spirituality, dreams. They'll present you with some of their research as to here's why uh, this stuff should matter to you. And then at the end of each chapter, they curate the date. They say where you go, what you should do, what you should bring, and what you should talk about. And also troubleshooting, just in case. So if anything, just check it out. It's available everywhere. Um, it's a great book. Uh, and uh, I would suggest for couples, particularly now, to find more creative outlets to engage in these essential conversations that can be really uh, uh, evolutionary, like and transformative in their, their relationships. I think that's beautiful that it this you know this resource provides some structure for couples too, yeah. but it, it requires curiosity, Absolutely. not assumptions, right? Absolutely. Wonderful, and uh, so we're we're so happy that you joined in today, and hopefully learned more about how to remain connected and build good connection, and and given how couples are wanting to stay connected, how can listeners get connected to us? Wonderful. Yeah, I was just going to say if uh, you would like to connect with Jason or myself or our lovely therapist associates we have, uh, please uh, join relationshipmatterstherapy.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. Relationship Matters Therapy is our handle. Mm -hmm. You can uh, totally. Can you tell us your Instagram handle, Jason? Yeah, so if uh, I'm also on Instagram, so you could check me out. Uh, my username is Jason Carrasco Therapy, last name C A R R A S C O. Uh, so I'm there. And Carling, what's yours? Yeah, mine is inclusive with Carling. So spelled like darling, but you replace the D with a C. So inclusive <laughs> with Carling sounds a little dirty. That's why I always say it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for joining us in improving connection and enhancing relationships. Until next time. Bye, guys.